0: Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial by visiting achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off during the checkout process. Now let's get started. We have Christy Beck from Savvy Strategies on the line with us. And Christy, if you could just share a little bit about yourself and your and your company, that'd be great.
1: Sure thing. I'm Christy. Um Savvy Strategies is is my company. I've got a few tutors that work work with me. And for me, we do test prep as well as college admissions prep, um, getting students and helping helping busy students and families navigate that process successfully.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. And so As a part of test prep, we've got the ACT and the SAT. We're going to talk about the ACT today and specifically the English section. So what, I mean, where did you want to start here, right? Um, Well,
1: I'm I'm going to talk just about how much I love the ACT English section. Great. (laughs) I love it. Um, I I was a high school English teacher for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my original degree. Then I moved on into high school administration, but I'm back at my roots now. Um, I feel like the ACT English section is the section that is the easiest to make the biggest moves. Um, and yeah. I, I work primarily with students whose English is their first language. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if that's the case, I really feel like there's just some rules that they either never learned or learned and forgot or never understood. And we just got to clarify those and we can move those scores. I mean, we can move those scores. 10 points Wow! i mean i've my my very first student i didn't intend to do test prep my first student i helped had a 25 in english and he really wanted to move it up we met four times and he took the test again and got a 35 and then the word was out and my life changed (laughs) (laughs) i've been doing test prep ever since but i really um that's that's it that's what i say about the act english i feel like of the four sections on the act the english is the one that is the easiest to make the biggest moves
0: right so yeah why is that
1: um because we talk all day long (laughs) so so we're using the rules we just might not know them specifically i tell the kids like maybe your teacher just didn't teach you this rule or maybe your teacher taught it you were looking out the window right but i'm going to teach you the rule like let me just show you and make some i call them cheat codes just little memory devices to help the kids remember the rules. But once you know them, you know them, and they just ask the same questions over and over and over. So once you know the rules, you can apply them across the test.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And so I would love if you could just go over, like, what are the what are the key things you need to know? You don't need to necessarily share your mnemonics unless you want to. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the, sure. the rules that you need to be prepared for, definitely, would be important.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think... Um, You know, I just actually I met with a new student just today and we looked at the English section and um, when kids are taking the test, um, they're they're busy, like thinking about, you know, they're trying to figure out the answers and things aren't paying attention to how the test Mm -hmm. is structured. But ACT generally says that there are three types of questions on the test. Mm -hmm. Um, About 40 of the 75 questions are ACT calls them CSE questions, conventions of standard English. I just call them grammar and punctuation. Mm-hmm. There's 40 grammar and punctuation questions on that test. The other 35, ACT in their fancy language, calls them production of writing and knowledge of language questions, and I just call those the other questions. <laughs> There's 35 <laughs> of them. So we've got 40 grammar and punctuation questions and 35 other questions, and kids. Can tell the difference between the two for the most part. For the most part, there's not a lot of overlap. But the mm-hmm. questions that don't have a question, it's just A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. And there's not even a question. I, when kids take the test for the first time, I feel bad because they're, they're not even prepared. They're like, where's the question? Right. Those are the grammar questions or punctuation questions. It's clearly a comma question or something. There's no question because three of them are just wrong right they're they're put commas in the wrong place they put semicolons in the wrong place whatever there's just three that are wrong and one is right so they don't ask you anything um the other questions the other questions Mm -hmm. have a question like which one of these most specifically describes blah, blah 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 there's there's actually literally a question written there um and so those usually distinguish the production of writing and knowledge of language questions. So you gotta, you got to tack those a little bit differently um, than the grammar questions. But I think that's the structure of ACT English. There's 75 questions, 40 of them are grammar punctuation. 35 of them are these other ones. So I'll stop talking let you ask yeah. a question. <laughs> no, that's great.
0: I know. I mean, the, I, the goal of this is for not for me to talk, right? Like, because you're an right. expert. <laughs> um, but so then let's talk about grammar and punctuation first, because it sounds like that's mm-hmm. where some rules can really help you. So what are, yeah, what are the key rules that, you know, maybe you were looking out the window when it was taught in school, or it's just not maybe like obvious stuff that are going to be really helpful to move your score?
1: Right. Um yeah, those are those are totally rule based questions. Um, so if students wanna go learn things, the comma rules, there's always a million comma questions. Um, semicolons, colons, apostrophes, subject verb agreement, and pronouns. I would say those are the main topics. I'll give you one of my mnemonics here because it's not a secret. These are the rules. <laughs> Everybody should know these grammar rules. I hope there's some parents listening. I should tell the parents how to use colons because every adult I know uses colons wrong, yeah. but <laughs> there's so many comma questions um, that the mnemonic that I use um, is, is claw C L A W. Okay. So um, C stands for compound sentences. You got to be able to recognize a compound sentence mm-hmm. that there's two complete sentences and there's a comma and a conjunction in between them. And ACT likes to give you choices that just have a comma and some choices just have a conjunction, but you got to find the one that has a comma and a conjunction. So mm-hmm. that's the first. L stands for list. That's the easy one. Most kids know that you use commas on a list um, to, to separate the items on a list. There's some exceptions to that, but. That's too complicated for a short podcast. <laughs> um, a A stands for a positive phrases. That's the only time I'll ever say that. I just call them add-ons. Mm-hmm. So those are those extra phrases that you want to kind of surround them with commas because you could just take them out. Like if you had a little claw, right? That's my thing, my go-to. So I could take that out. Right. Um, and then, um, so this W, this is a weird one. So W stands for wabbits. Wabbits are pesky little things that hide out at the beginning of a sentence.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Like when I was five years old, as I was driving down the street, because they didn't want to pay the T-Tax, they tend to start with those letters. So it's a quick a- way for students to remember to look at the beginning of the sentence, see if there's a wabbit hiding up there um, because those introductory phrases, clauses, they have a comma at the end of them. And that's right. it. Those four comma rules cover every single comma use on the ACT.
0: Yeah, interesting. So, I mean, nailing commas sounds like an important one. You made a joke about colons and semicolons. (laughs) Yeah,
1: No, adults just do not. I tell kids that if if they see a colon out in the wild, (laughs) it's probably used wrong. (laughs) People just don't know how to use them. Um, But colons need to come at the end of a complete sentence. Like you could put a period there. Right. So I, I use the same examples all the time. Like I could say, I have a very short grocery list today. Period that's fine but you're like well, what is it like what's on your grocery list and then right. i could put a colon and then put a list after it. and i could say chocolate marshmallows and dog food okay so that's how you use a colon a period could go there i i tease my students that those two dots mm-hmm. of a colon rule number one is that they have to come at the end of a complete sentence like you could stop there and it would make sense but those two dots they stand for wait what and so if you're going to say like I have a very short grocery list and you're thinking like wait what is on your grocery list that's where a colon goes so Right
0: got it okay Yeah
1: those are the things like I this is like 7th grade grammar really mm-hmm. like commas semicolons they probably got got the rules taught to them talked about in front of them in 5th grade 6th grade 7th grade but it but if it got taught because teaching is different these days um, then they just whizzed right past it. The kids made it through the test and never heard about it again. So right.
0: um,
1: I think I like to think that their writing gets better after we work on uh, ACT English because they learn those rules. And they, they tell me, you know, they see it and they write their own sentences They're like, nope, <laughs> that's not where a semicolon goes. Um, because they can, they're pretty simple rules. But ACT, of course, makes the sentence structure a little bit more difficult Um
0: yeah, to make the But really mastering hard, right? the punctuation
1: yeah, they do that. So the sentences are harder than I have a very short grocery list, but the you know, if you start with the basics, the kids can pick it up. But I think if people could just learn a couple punctuation rules, that's worth two to three points right there.
0: Right. So then what else should they be looking at with the ACT English?
1: Right. So um the other questions are the ones that are that can be tricky. Um because Students get the feeling like all the answer choices are right mm-hmm. because, you know, they maybe just finished a page that had seven or eight questions on it. And every single one of the questions on that page was a grammar or a punctuation question. So then they go to the top of the next page and they look at the answer choices and they they all look right. Mm hmm. And then they're like, "What? Is, like, am I supposed to be a mind reader?" And then they start beating themselves up in their head, like, "I'm so stupid. How they, This is like magic. How am I supposed to know what the right answer is?" But the key to those ones that have a question is really to stare at that question
0: because
1: mm. they are—they're not asking you to correct the grammar. They're asking you something hyper, laser-focused, specific about that sentence or that phrase. So, mm. if you don't read the question closely, All the answer choices are grammatically correct. All the answer choices have correct punctuation. All the answer choices make sense. All the answer choices are true. Some of those questions will start with, given that all these choices are accurate. And the kids are like, that means they're all right. I'm like, no, (laughs) that means they're all accurate. But read the question. So a question might follow something like, given that all the following choices are accurate, Which one provides the most specific details about why antique roses can survive without human intervention? I just saw that question today. Right. Okay. So we're looking for the answer choice that shows that the roses live without human intervention. And only one of them will do that.
0: And specifically.
1: Yeah. So one of them was like, grew into beautiful flowers. Like, okay, well, that's lovely. And it's grammatically correct, but it doesn't answer the question. Right. Which one of them does. And so one of the answer choices on that particular item said something like bloom year after year, even at abandoned sites. Right. Okay. Well, there there you go. That shows that they bloom and thrive where there's no humans there to help them. So that's what we have to answer. So it's hard for kids to shift gears um, because so many of the questions, so many of the items don't have questions. Right. So they might do seven in a row where they're just looking at the answer choices, looking at the answer choices, looking at the answer choices. And when they get to one that has a question, (laughs) it's so easy to not even see the question because they're just looking at the answer choices. And when they look at the answer choices, it feels very frustrating because they all look correct because they are all grammatically correct. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of whiplash switching from the two. But if they know going in that they're going to encounter these two different kinds of questions, their their radar should be on and they know what different kind of questions are getting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think also they're not going to do you any favors by making the wrong answer choices grammatically incorrect, right? They're testing you on something right. else in that problem.
1: Right. Right. So for those other quote unquote other questions, all the answer choices are grammatically correct. So that students um to improve their scores, students gotta know to watch that there are certain questions that that are asking something really specific. And then you just just you just have to answer that question. And it doesn't matter if you like the answer. And doesn't matter if that's how you would write it. You just have to choose the one that answers that exact question because you're just there to get the points.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So Anything else as far as how to you know get that ten point score score increase on ACT English?
1: Right. Um. So practice. Um. I I would recommend. Uh, I recommend at least five five practice tests. Uh, so if English is your focus, do uh you can you can get a book, you can find them online, um, go to the ACT website, download a free test. Take I recommend five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> after you have done five practice sections, uh, like say English, you've done it, done it. Then go back through. What did you miss and why did you miss it? That's the key. Mm-hmm. Why did you miss this? Did, like if it's a comma question, which comma rule was it? Why, did you forget? Did, what are you not seeing? Um, and after you've done that, then take another practice test and look back at the ones you missed. Try to figure out why you missed them. Keep a little notebook of the missed questions. If you've done that five times, by the time you get to the sixth test, to me, I think five is the magic number. By the sixth test, every kid says to me, they just ask the same questions over and over again. I'm like, yes, I know. That's why I do this all day. I've seen it all. They ask the same questions, but right. you're not going to see it after just one practice test, not after two, I really think. Five times through it, you have seen it. There's no surprises left for you.
0: Yeah, and any any sort of strategy as you approach your five practice tests, like obviously don't take all five of them in the same day or in a you know in a, in a no, week. No,
1: no, right. right. No, the key is what you do between them. Yes. Um, you know, I had I had some parents a couple of weeks ago say, like, should my son take the ACT again this Saturday? He's already taken it five times or whatever. Right. And and I was like, okay, well the question isn't how many times has he taken it, what has he done differently to prepare for this test? than he did to prepare for the last test. Mm -hmm. Because if he didn't do anything different to prepare for this test, then he's going to get exactly the same score he got last time. So the key is what you do in between them. So the student takes a practice test. They shouldn't just go take another one. You know, you have to go back and go to each question. This is how tutors help, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You look at that. What did you miss? Like, why did you miss it? And so they should keep a notebook. Like I missed here's the test, which test they took and what did they miss? Why did they miss it? Because I messed, I I I put a semicolon, but it wasn't two sentences on both sides of it. Right. So they so keep a list um of what you missed so that you're like, okay, I see what I'm missing now. Do I need to go back and look at the comma rules again? Do I need to look at the colon rules again? Look at that and then when you think you understand why you missed the questions that you did, then you do another practice test. Right. And then you check it and see what you missed and see why did you miss it? Are you making the same mistakes? Um, I do like, after several of those, as we're getting close to a test day, to have students like redo the first practice test that they did.
0: Mm.
1: Like, okay, did you miss the same ones again? Are we missing the same questions? Are these new ones? Like, why did you get it right the first time, and why you got it wrong today? So maybe you don't really know that rule. Um, but the practice is not studying. Like uh, parents, like she should be studying for the SAT or the ACT a little bit more. I'm like, no, there's studying. No, like it's just a comma rule. You'll learn it and then you're done. Practice, practice, Mm -hmm. practice. It's about practice, not about studying. Um, But I really think there's eight or nine punctuation rules, a couple other grammar rules, and then learn how to read those questions hyper close. That's it. That is what you need to get a 36 on the English ACT fantastic is just those things so you just got to do them practice them learn them figure out what you don't know and patch up that hole and then practice again
0: fantastic thank you so much christy this has been shift a college admissions podcast for a changing world hosted by tyler from achievable with christy beck from savvy strategies you can get a free trial of achievable's act course by going to achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10 percent off at checkout